Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. You know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the St. Jude kids. St. Jude's doing incredible work fighting childhood cancer. And because of donations, like the ones that you get, families never receive a bill ever from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, food, none of that. Help St. Jude stop childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope. Get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. It's going to look great on you. So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785-833. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785-833. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to the Bobbycast, episode 234. We'll talk about the biggest feuds in music. Matt Jones from Kentucky Sports Radio starts the quarantine playlist. And, you know, I think in the next episode, we'll do movies about music, Mike. Cool. So that'll be the next one. That's where you and Mike get together and... Share your expertise. No, he just he does a podcast about movies, movies and music. So I wanted Boom. to bring in his favorite three movies about music. I got it. Have we done that with us? No, I think you guys to talk about some of your favorites, but we talked about music movies like yeah. uh, biopics. That's what I'm talking about. That's what he's gonna do. His oh yeah, what, we, what are, we've done our list. We have okay. yeah. All right, well, so we have a lot to do this episode. Um, and by the way, we're quarantined. We ain't got crap else to do. <laughs> so this could be a two hour long. <laughs> Welcome to the Joe Rogan <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he sits there for four hours. I had yeah. a friend who, um, by the way, the biggest podcast in the world. Love it. I think it's, he's, he's great. Um, I have a lot of friends that have done his show, and they're like, you better use the bathroom before you go because you don't get to leave. So what's the flow of that podcast? Just constant question after question? Or are they bouncing off each other? Or was- I think, it, Mike, you want to answer this too? Like He talks about things that he interviews people yeah. wonderfully, and they also... He, he'll talk about things and bring people in and get their perspective on what he wants to talk about. Too. Yeah, and the way I listen to it, I just listen like clips. I never sit down and listen to the full four oh, okay. hours or anything, okay. but it's cool clips and he talks about cool stuff. There you go. Cool clips and cool, cool stuff. Man. Cool stuff. <laughs> uh, let's start with this. Uh, do we need to take a break before we start this or no? No, we're good. All right. We've been off for one minute. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I, I need to go to the restroom. <laughs> like, if you want to take a break, we'll go. <laughs> um... Zach Brown and Luke Bryan is the first feud we're going to talk about. I don't know about this one. It happened right when we came to Nashville. So the Zach Brown band, lead singer of, wait, lead singer of the same name. Oh, pfft, it's Zach Brown. Zach, I remember, okay, Zach this, Brown, the lead singer of I'm, Zach Brown band. I'm just going to tell you what, I was reading a part of an article here. Okay. I was going to tell, I remember Luke coming in, and, and I didn't know Luke Bryan very well at the time. We were new to Nashville. 
and being like, oh man, are you gonna ask me about that Zach Brown stuff? And I was like, it just happened. And I was like, I don't know about Zach Brown, or I would have. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. But I think Zach Brown had insulted Luke's music. Oh. So here's a quote. According to Zach Brown, Luke Bryan's song, That's My Kind of Night, is, quote, the worst song I've ever heard. <laughs> That's a, I got that real yeah. good. And this is when we first came to town, remember? Yes. Zach Brown said, there's songs out on the radio right now that make me ashamed to be in the same format as some other artists. Mm. Jason Aldean came to Luke Bryan's defense. To those people running their mouths, trust me when I tell you that nobody gives an S what you think. The two eventually made up at the 2013 CMA Awards. Carrie Underwood told the singers they have nothing to fight about. They, you both make great records and you're both millionaires. And then she's saying, why can't we be friends? Oh, I love it. So she was the one that you know, mediated. The, the real weird part about this, and I am a lot closer to Luke than I am Zach. Although sure. Zach and I have a... Oh, relationship-ish. I can text him, right? Um, quiet guy. Re- kind of yes. stays at everybody's business. Yes. But I will say that, you know, Luke started to make country music with some beats in it, was one of those first guys to, you know, you hear boom, boom, heavy bass, yes. you know, and some of that stuff that was called uh, bro country at first. Mm-hmm. I think Luke's very much off of that now. But I think Zach Brown has made a bunch of weird music since this, he did that uh, he side did project. Dance music, but mm-hmm. even some of the country stuff that was on the country chart he was did dance. something with Zed. I so think my dance. only point is, there were artists that could have done the same thing to Zach three years ago and been like, "What the crap is this? You have a song on country radio with a dance beat in it." Yeah, I think there's a little bit of there's definitely a difference between you know you look at the style of songs, uh, content wise, like lyrically what they're what they're saying. You know, like you look at Zach Brown music, a lot of his music's pretty. There's heartful. There's deep stuff in there. Hi, uh, Highway 20 Ride, you know, even Chicken Fried, even Chicken album, Fried a little though. bit. Even Chicken Fried, it's got a little depth to it. Like, is this, is this who I am so and this is what we do? Drink a beer from Luke Bryan. But then you got that, there's, that's my kind of night. And it's like, this is pretty dumb, but it's fun. And there's nothing wrong, first of all, with fun music. No, it Every, is fun music. You pissed me off for right so, so I understand okay. the feud and where there's it came no, from. It's stupid. It's, there's no feud. My pull up Zach Brown's. Songs, because okay. I, I like Zach Brown. Okay. But so he, he's going to pick up random songs. No, but you can. You, Luke's songs aren't all goofy songs. No, he's got a few. A lot of them. But so does Zach. Okay. Pull up Zach Brown. <laughs> okay, I have him up. What's his biggest streaming song? It is Knee Deep. Actually, Chicken Fried. Chicken okay. Fried. So but all from that first record. You know the yes. one with the brown cover? Yes. Homegrown, I think. And is right? that, no, no, it's not no, Homegrown. That's homegrown. A, what, I know. What's the one with the dance beat that was a big song? Someone that I used to know. Someone that I used to know. I don't think this is the one. He had a couple. He had one that was a big country hit. Beautiful too. drug. That's it. Oh, Tell yes. Me. Yes, yes. Very different. Oomsa, oomsa, yes, oomsa, yes, oomsa. yes, yes, yes. My only point is, but Zach Brown's is, putting goofy beats in his crap too. I don't think it was about the beats. But it doesn't matter. I don't listen to words, really. Melody first. Turn it up. Let's, let's, why don't we break this He's down? He's got auto-tune too. Come on. Death, death wish, baby, baby. <laughs> don't want you to say. And I don't even hate lyrics. I don't hate it. I, I'm totally fine with any of this. But I'm just saying that same argument about Luke's That's My Kind of Night is this song here. Yeah. At the time, though, before Beautiful Drug, Zach wasn't about this. 
I don't know what this is. Yeah, he wasn't. I'm so. I'm just saying this. Is, I understand what where their feud was coming from. Where Zach Brown was well, even trying to say. My only point is Zach Brown went to what he was hating on. Correct. He did obviously with beautiful drug. <gasps> Sounds just like it. And I have no problem with either one of them. By yeah. the way, love them both. Interesting. Love, I didn't I, even know this was a thing. I think you can make the dumbest crap. But if it makes people smile, it's no longer the dumbest crap. Somebody told me the best thing about country music is there's room for everything in it. Mm-hmm. Did you say that? I told you that. <laughs> Maybe it was you. You know, there's there's room for everything. You ready for my hot take? Come on. You want to know a song? Just a great song. Baby Shark. How does that go? Baby Shark. But I'm not kidding. Any song that will elicit that much joy, period, with the melody, with the words, don't care. Is that number one still? No, we just That's beat right. That's what style. I thought. Wash your hands, Reggie. Yeah. Idiot. But do you understand my point? I get it. I see what you're saying. I don't care what your song is about. If if you make that many people happy, your net gain is happiness. Yes. That you win. Yes. Let's stop being snobs about songs. Art. Anybody that's an art snob is so. Anyway, I hate you, Eddie. Okay. I hate okay, you. Cool. Um, but that was a feud. I remember yeah, it. It's crazy. I didn't even see that one at all. I don't remember. How about it. Travis Tritt and Billy Ray Cyrus? Mm-mm. Achy Breaky Heart, super successful. And when asked for his opinion, Travis Trick called the song frivolous and said he didn't want to see country music turn into an A-wiggling contest. Bad word, A-wiggling contest. Yeah, yeah, Like wiggle your butt? Yeah. Like butt-wiggling yeah. contest? Yes, yes, yes. Billy Ray Cyrus fired back using Travis Tritt's own lyrics. Accepting favorite country single, he raised the trophy and declared, to those who don't appreciate it, here's a quarter, call someone who cares. Oh! <laughs> He used his lyric right back to him in his face. Travis Tritt apologized and sent him a peace lily. In 2002, they performed together at the memorial for Waylon Jennings. Because, yes, at the end of the day, it's okay. Yeah, at the end of the day. You guys have different music. It's okay. At the the end of the day, we're talking about art, and it's not hurting anybody. Right. And there are real problems in the world. And like Carrie said, you're both millionaires, so be quiet. Yeah, so be good there. <laughs> I just looked up one. Um, Johnny Cash versus the Grand Ole Opry. Oh. Uh, Johnny Cash was once banned from the Grand Ole Opry. What did he do, break lights? In 1965, Cash broke the floor lights on the Opry stage. Boom. And the Opry was not pleased. Quote, I don't know how bad they wanted me in the first place, but the night I broke all the lights on stage with a microphone, they said they couldn't use me anymore. <laughs> they eventually got over the riff, and Johnny Cash was once again allowed back to the Opry before his death. Here's the stupid thing about that. To us telling that story, like, how bad, how awesome is that? The dude went up and started kicking all the lights, and even it's even in his movie. Yeah. That scene is in the movie where he's kicking all the lights, and you watch that scene, you're like, that is a bad beep. Like, that's so cool. But can you imagine the guys at the Opry back then? What is this dude doing? If anyone did that now? Oh, gone. Gone. It'd What's be the it? same thing. It just social media would be all over it too. Correct. I yeah, yeah right. The Opry would be mad, and then everyone else would be really upset about it. Uh, Leanne Rhymes versus Wilbur Rhymes, who's her dad. Oh. In 2000, Leanne Rhymes filed a lawsuit against her dad, claiming he and her manager manipulated the singer and took more than seven million dollars of her earnings. It's terrible. Wilbur countersued, calling his kid a spoiled brat. The next year, Leanne Rhymes cried in the Nashville courtroom as a judge refused to let her out of a recording contract with Curb Records. That was approved by the request of her parents when she was 12. That sucks. Gosh, her parents terrible. signed her into a deal at 12 years old. Dang. By the end of November, she and the label came to an agreement, and she then re-signed with Curb. So I guess they renegotiated mm-hmm. the deal. In 2001, she hosted the ACM Awards sporting a T-shirt reading, Daddy, and saying, Tonight, I won't bother to think of my father. That same night, she met her future first husband, Dean. By the time the couple married in 2002... They had reconciled. 
Wilbur walked Leanne down the aisle, and suits were settled. Okay, good. You ever met Leanne Ryan? No. She's been she been in our studio? Yeah, she like walked in randomly once, right? We're in the middle of a segment. Oh, right. And we were like, what just happened? This was a long time ago. It's weird. Probably about six years ago or so. Yeah, she I remember. She walks in, and we're in the middle of something, and she was like, hey. And, we're, and I was <laughs> like, is that Leanne Rhymes? Like, what just happened? And Amy was like, that's Leanne Rhymes. I just saw her on Housewives. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Hey, let me ask you this. As a, as a dad, are you allowed to call your kid a spoiled brat and not, and not really not blame yourself for that? Yeah, yes. If, yes. I'm going to say if she's being spoiled by people other than her family, let's say she's 12, 13, 14 years old yeah. and she has record executives. Oh, okay. Management. Other people on her side. It does come back to the parents because they got to be watching all of that. But maybe that, you know, they allowed her to be spoiled by someone else mm, okay. in the business. Okay. But my first thought was just like, she's 12, you're dad's right, calling though. her spoiled brat. Right. Well, that's kind of on you, but Still parents. Yeah. yeah. But you know, at 12, 13, you're kind of doing your own thing yeah. a bit. And if they signed her to a record God, deal, I'm crazy. Uh, Charlie Rich versus John Denver. Before there was Kanye and Taylor, there was Charlie Rich and John Denver. Who's Charlie Rich? You don't know Ch- Charlie Rich? Mm-mm. When Denver was announced, he's the old white guy who burned the um, at the CMAs. I think it was CMAs. Um, he gets up and goes, and he saw that John Denver won the award, and he lit it on oh, fire. Oh yes, yes, I, I, I see. I saw this clip like two years ago. I remember this. When John Denver, here it is. When John Denver was announced at the 1975 CMA Entertainer of the Year Awards, uh, a drunk rich set fire to a piece of paper naming his fellow singer the winner. John Denver was not there, and he appeared. Remember, and it, it throws to him. He's got an earpiece yes. putting in, and he's like, oh, I won. He's all happy, but he, so, but he can't see what happened. Yes, because he's somewhere else via mm-hmm. satellite. It was like in Australia That's or right. something. That's right. This was on the documentary, the country music documentary. Okay. So, but yeah, that's how I even know who Charlie Rich is. Wow. It's from that clip. And he was saying that John Denver doesn't deserve- Wasn't country. Wasn't country, so he doesn't deserve this award. By the way. <laughs> John Denver's country. Can we country. talk about how freaking country John Denver yeah, was? Yeah, man. And how it's just constantly the same cycle. Wow. Even then in 1975, they were upset that someone wasn't country. Yeah. Almost heaven, West Virginia. I mean, the dude's singing about West Virginia. Blue Ridge Mountain, Shenandoah River. <laughs> What's the name of that song? Country Roads. Yeah. Come on. And not just that one. Other ones. Yeah, too. yeah. Like, uh, thank God I'm a country boy. Well, no, no, man. What is more country He's than country thank God boy. I'm a country Woo! boy? Well, uh, you know, I think of um, Polly Shore. Wait, and they're driving. Uh, the, uh, yeah, wait, what movie is that? Is that son-in-law. And they're driving. <laughs> he's driving the tractor. I thank God I'm a country boy. The weasel. Uh, Kristen Hall versus Sugarland. Now, do you know who that is? Who she is? I uh, I don't know who she is. She was one of Sugarland. Oh, the third one. Yeah. Three became two when she left Sugarland in 2006 to concentrate on songwriting. That's what they say in the story. Mm-hmm. Do you know something different? I just I've heard many stories. Yeah. I don't think it was to concentrate on songwriting. I don't think you'll leave a group like that to concentrate on songwriting. Was this the, the at the peak, right before the peak? It was big. The, it was, they were big. Mm. They were starting to be big. The duo that remained went on to become one of the biggest acts in country music. She filed a $1.5 million suit against her former partners, Christian Bush and Jennifer Nettles, claiming she was promised to share the group's future earnings. The suit was settled in 2010. I'm surprised she didn't go after more than that. Because $1.5 million? Yeah. Not a lot for what no, they made. Not. Massive. Uh, Dolly Parton, Porter Wagner. They were singing partners for a long time. And 
And Porter Wagner, too, also said that they were more for a while. Dolly Parton said yes. they weren't. And so she wrote, I will always love you for him. He filed a $3 million breach of contract suit against her. 1979. Because she wanted to leave? Like, start, I mean, and she wouldn't have been Dolly if she wouldn't have made that move. Yeah. Crazy. The two made up in 1988. They performed together on her TV variety show. She was at Porter's bedside when he died in 2007. Wow. Uh, Tim McGraw and Curb Records. It's, it's pretty recent. Um, 2008. Six. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant since we've been here. That uh, was probably what? Five, was that five years ago? What is that? 2008. Dude, it's 2020. Nine, That's 12 nine, years ago. 12 years ago. We really? weren't here. So we weren't here then? Mm-hmm. Interesting. In 2008, Tim McGraw was working on recording new songs when Curb Records announced Greatest Hits 3. McGraw writes, I'm saddened and disappointed that my label chose to put out another hits album instead of new music. A Curb executive disagreed, saying he had numerous conversations with McGraw's reps about all aspects of the package. McGraw filed a suit for breach of contract, claiming Curb was keeping him in a perpetual state of involuntary servitude. Whoa. Curb was his original label? I don't know if it was original, because he's been around for a long time. Yeah, I know. The official announcement of the album was made August 28, 2008. The album included If You're Reading This, which was such a great, powerful song. Yeah. I saw him do this. So this is about a soldier, and it's the note that if he were to be killed, that you pull the note out and you give it to... And I saw him do this. I went to watch him in, uh, when he wrote that book. Went to a theater, and he yes. played this acoustic. Yes. Freaking crazy. Um, after legal wrangling, McGraw won his release from Curb in court. Michael Jackson and Prince. Don't remember this one. What was wrong with them? The feud between two of music's biggest entertainers started in 1982 when Thriller outsold Prince's 1999 album. The Purple One then followed up with Purple Rain. (laughs) And Jackson reportedly attended several of Prince's shows to study him on tour. Jackson later decided to ask Prince to join the recording of We Are the World, but Prince refused. MJ then asked if he would do a duet and appear in the video for Bad. Prince said no. And they just weren't good. They never made up. Sounds like a little healthy competition. Sounds like they both were probably a little. Yeah. I mean, they were both racing to the top. Yeah. Listen, I'm sure there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff. It does sound like Michael Eclipse. Michael's the biggest star I think we've ever had. The Beatles, Elvis, Michael Jackson. I don't think there's anyone that has appeared and been that large. No, I don't think as so. As a look at history and what's happened at the time. Yeah. And in our life, there's been some big ones, but I don't know as all-consuming as those. In our life, NSYNC, Backstreet Boy, Boy Band Mania, yeah. but, but Backstreet Boy, NSYNC, Taylor. Jonas Brothers, pretty big. Mm, I don't think I put, but, yes, but, yes. But for, not, for not a long time, but pretty big when... But I'm talking. But, but it's different because I mean, they, they, these these bands, the three. You just the, compared the Jonas Brothers. Well, the three that you mentioned, just the span of time that they had as number one, as the very top. Like you can't compare to that. But that's mu- music's different. Mike, would you put Jonas Brothers in that mix? No. Okay, just making sure. I saw the documentary, man. There were a lot. It was a lot of <laughs> oh, hype. They, they were massive for a minute. A lot for, of hype. For sure, they were massive for a minute. Yeah. I would just say that. Those other acts that I mentioned have just had some <laughs> yeah. had some longevity. Okay. Jonas Brothers doesn't you, come to mind. You're entitled the to Jonas your opinion. Brothers from like from like December to February. Right. It was, short. Yeah. it was short. It was short. Not longer than that. But they're actually great now. Yes, man. Now the Jonas Brothers put out legit the music. Songs are good. Yeah. I like that. Um, I'm I don't think about it. No. Well, that's a good one too. Yeah, sure. 
What's a man gotta do? Oh, that's a good one What's too. What's a man yes. gotta do? Yes. I mean, that's... Oh, this song's a jam. It's good. See, that's how quick I can pivot. I was like, Joe's brother, that's stupid. No, but here they're awesome. Here we go. So what's a man gotta do? What's a man gotta do? To meet someone See, if they keep it up, they're gonna they can be as big as those other actors. Eddie bet the future. Of the, <laughs> he bet a Jonas Brothers future. If they keep it up. They keep, keep doing it, boys. Okay. Tupac and Biggie. Which was a weird feud because Tupac wasn't really from California. Where's he from? Tupac was an East Coast guy. He was born, right, Mike? I believe so. The feud that pinned East Coast and West Coast was... And that was it. That was massive, right? East Coast, yes. West Coast. Tupac was robbed and shot in the lobby of a recording studio in 1994 when he was supposed to meet Biggie. And Diddy and Biggie were like, we knew nothing about it. Tupac didn't believe it. They sort of dissing each other like crazy. Eventually... Tupac was killed. Biggie was killed. Everybody dies. Yeah, except this, the, except this, the record guys that made the money. Is this your number one feud? No, I just have listed a bunch of them here. Yeah, he was born in Harlem. Yeah, and that's wow. what was weird about the Tupac thing was, and that's why some of it was orchestrated in my mind. Mm. They, I, Gosh, and this thing ended in death yeah, for in both death. of them. And you know who, and still, people still making money from them. Suge Knight, he's still alive? He's in jail. That guy couldn't stop doing crime. Yeah, I know, even after it. I saw, I saw that video recently of where he like ran over some people. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I don't know what showed up on my Twitter or something. I watched that again. What are you watching right now? Like, <laughs> Eddie, Eddie's watching 2002 World Star. World Star. Hey man, it's we're quarantine. What are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Videos just start resurfacing. Uh, Kanye Taylor Swift. Yes, we know that one from the VMAs. Ugh, that one's terrible. Taylor Swift, Katy Perry. They were buddy-ish before 2013. After three backup dancers left Taylor's Red Tour to join Katy Perry's Prism Tour. Oh, how could they? Taylor accused Katy Perry of trying to sabotage her. And then Bad Blood was a song that was about Katy Perry. Oh, was that about Katy? Supposedly, right, Mike? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. Then, in May 2007, Swish Swish was released from Katy Perry. Remember Swish Swish, bitch? Yeah, I remember that, yeah. And so, it even had Nicki Minaj, who was also kind of beefing with Taylor at the time. And they were saying Swish Swish was, was almost like Swift Swift. Did you know that? Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> That's what I, I don't know if it's true. And listen, I have never talked to Katie about this. We worked together a little bit, but. Would you ever? No, <laughs> God, no. I'm not that close to Katie. You're like, so. Uh... Katie and I will talk if we're in the same room. We're, we're friendly, but like Luke and Lionel, I hang with. Yeah. But, you know, um, that pop world's a whole different world. Uh, but, yeah, what I had heard was Swish Swish was from Katy Perry. It was Swift Swift. Swift Swift. Yeah. Okay. We got a couple more of these. Axl Rose and Kurt Cobain. Ooh, didn't know they were feuding. In addition to fighting with Slash, Axl had another public feud with the lead singer of Nirvana. When Nirvana came on the scene, Axl Rose was a big fan of the band. But when Kurt started bad-mouthing Guns N' Roses, they started fighting. Axl released a tirade during one of his shows calling Cobain a effing junkie with a junkie wife. Wow. Not wrong. I mean, Courtney Love was pretty junkie. When they met backstage at the MTV VMAs in 92, Courtney Love taunted Axl Rose and exchanged words with his girlfriend. <laughs> GNA's Duff McKagan and Nirvana's Chris Novoselic then got into it. Oh, nice. It wasn't until Cobain's suicide in 1994 that the members of both groups put the feud to rest. After Kurt Cobain After died? died, yeah. Jeez. I, I mean, I feel like a lot of people fought with Axl Rose, too. I feel like he just was up for fighting. Yes, like he always. He was like me the first three years of this run. <laughs> just, just, just swinging just away. Just come at me. <laughs> just come at me. Sometimes I'll still get triggered. 
Do you still? Yeah. Well, yes, but I can. But you can manage I, it better for the most part. I, I went off on somebody pretty recently, just to them on Instagram. Oh, wow. I had a radio guy hit me up and was in, was like calling me lazy. You can call me a lot of things: wrong, ugly, oh. stupid. Oh, <laughs> I don't care about any of that. Never call me lazy. That got you triggered because again, I try to respond, not react. Mm-hmm. I was typing back faster than I could finish reading the message. <laughs> <laughs> I just so you reacted. I was just ramming him, and I probably took a couple low shots. I probably shouldn't have taken. <laughs> I'm not proud of it, but I will tell you what I did. He hit me, and he was like, "That's lazy to do." And I was like, "All right." So I just hammered him with like three of them. He says on the back, I hammered him again, and then I just muted him. So I don't even know what he wrote back. Oh, so I never. <laughs> I don't know. How to end it. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> In my mind, I won because I just muted him. Uh, Kid Rock and Tommy Lee. Is this over a girl? Yeah, Pam Anderson. Nicki Minaj and Miley Cyrus. Oh. They what got they into it at the VMAs after Nicki Minaj commented on social media about Taylor Swift and all the nominations. Prior to hosting the show, Miley Cyrus told the New York Times that the artist's remarks, quote, sounded very Nicki, Nicki Minaj, which, if you know Nicki Minaj, is not too kind. And then, of course, they're all at it. Mm. D- 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 trivial. Sounds like high school. You should know it, yeah. Well, my crap's about high school, too. <laughs> <laughs> All this stuff sounds like high school, except Big and yeah, Tupac. Yeah, yeah, we freaking died. <laughs> so that's what's up. That's fun, huh? Yeah, it's awesome. All those fights. Yeah, I, I didn't know about ninety percent of those. Which one was your favorite? I mean, obviously Big and Tupac. I like to apologize for jumping on you for the Luke Bryan Zach Brown thing. You, you don't have to apologize, but you, but you were stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but see, you t- you talked about uh, Axl Rose and Kurt Cobain fighting, probably about the same thing. Kurt, Co- Kurt Cobain was probably like, "What kind of music is that, man? It's just trash." Yeah, mine's heartfelt. And grungy and cool. Mm-hmm. Mine's not glam. I don't right. have hairspray. Right. About it. <laughs> mm, my favorite one is probably. Hmm. Hmm. And when you say favorite, you're not like condoning it. You're like, no, you're most just, interesting. I'm yeah. just kind of looking back at them again. Exactly. Maybe Travis Tritt and Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh, no. Johnny Cash, Grand Ole Opry. Oh, that's good that's stuff. That's the winner. It's good stuff. Because <laughs> nobody got I hurt. love that one. That's good. He's, that is good. And then it's a big deal for them to invite him back. I feel because didn't they do that with Hank Williams and? Oh, he, well, no, no. There's a difference in getting to play again and being a member. Like I think. What did they do with with Johnny Cash? They just told I, not to play. I don't know his membership status. Oh, okay. Offhand, I would okay. assume he's a member of the Opry, and they may have told him don't come back, and not revoked it or did revoke. I don't know. But with Hank Williams, I think they kicked him out of the Opry and then. Didn't never play re- again. Re- didn't re put him back. I think he yeah. died. Yeah, he died. They probably would have. I bet you over time. Yeah, I think so too. But uh, Mike is Johnny Cash, a member of the Opry. He is. Yeah. So they didn't kick him out. Okay. He was just banned. He was. Yeah. <laughs> You're a member, but you can't get in. Sorry, buddy. You have the jacket, but you can't come back. All right. Thank you, guys. Uh, coming up in a second, I'll talk to Matt Jones. Love this guy. Uh, big fan of his work, and we'll get into quarantine music. In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they'll last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. 
They offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. And stay cool in short sleeve moisture wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tacova's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. Tacovas.com. And don't go gently, y'all. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as The Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and T.J. Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The boar's nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. Hey, it's Amy Brown here to talk about the incredible work that's being done by St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and to ask you today to join me in becoming a partner in hope. When you make a donation to St. Jude, you're helping an organization that has helped push the overall childhood cancer survivor rate from 20% to more than 80%. And I can tell you from personal experience, that number and the hope that it brings is invaluable. Families do not have to worry about a thing. Treatment is covered, travel, housing, food. And when you're a family that's going through this, like, imagine, you're a parent, your kid gets cancer. You need to focus on that child. You don't need to be worrying about other things. And financial stuff can get really stressful. St. Jude covers it. Your support means families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment. And when you sign up for just $19 a month, you're going to get the new This Shirt Saves Lives tee. So join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope and text Bobby to 785-833. That's B-O-B-B-Y to 785-833. Hello? What's happening, man? What is going on? Hey, so on with us right now is Matt Jones from Kentucky Sports Radio, which there is no sports to talk about, so what do you talk about? Well, we're only a sports show sort of tangentially. We actually spend most of the time just talking kind of about my life and what's going on. So for me, it's uh, the ability to not have to talk about distraction of sports very much and to just be completely self-centered and just talk about whatever's on my mind that day. So I'm actually kind of looking forward to it. So have you started doing the show in Corona days yet? In, well, I mean, we, we, we've done, you know, we've done a lot of Corona stuff, but I have not, I've left my house. I'm still going to the studio, although tomorrow might be the last day I do that. I feel like now... Might as well just do it at the house, but uh, I'm I'm going to be really bored. It's not so much the sports; it's the like not going anywhere. That's probably going to be really exhausting after a while. I feel like tomorrow will be my last day in the studio as well. We were just talking about that, by the way, Eddie, my uh, producer from the radio show, and my comedy partner in the Raging Idiots is here too. So, Eddie, side of Matt. What's up, Matt? How you doing, man? 
I'm doing great. How are you? Good. What if his answer was totally different when you asked him? Well, yeah, he's told you one thing. Yeah, and then yeah. He's like, I'm glad you asked. Well, he just seemed, I'm going to be honest with you, he just seemed more excited to talk to me. Like, when you answered, it kind of felt like you were like, yeah, whatever, it's Matt. He seemed very eager, and so I wanted to be happy for it. So, with Matt in a few minutes, we're going to do his five quarantine songs. But Matt and I went to dinner, and I've been a big fan of Matt for a while. And so much so, it's like you know somebody on the internet for a long time, and you know, you're nervous before the first date. And it's like we both swiped right and, you know, we're, we're finally meeting. And <laughs> so we go and we have dinner together and I get to dinner and I arrived probably seven or eight minutes early. You know me, I'm always a little bit early, never late, always a little early. And I get there and Matt is knuckles deep in like his second entree. He's already started eating <laughs> at the restaurant when Caitlin and I are going. He's this bowl of edamame dumplings is gone. And I'm like, what's up, man? He's like, man, I've been here for like 40 minutes. Just thought I would get started. Like, a little bit <laughs> off-putting. Well, here's the thing. I, you talk about being nervous. Very rarely do people in the first meeting, one person brings a date, and the other person's just left solo. So I already felt sort of third-wheelish. And then, you know, I, I, I thought Nashville would be like crazy traffic because, you know, we're not from the big city like you all. And so I thought, oh, I better, like, make sure I give time for traffic. And then, of course, no one was out because of corona. So when I so I ended up arriving early, and then I'm just sitting there in this restaurant, and all the little foo foo like waiters, and like everybody, like you know, everybody's so hip, and they all have tight jeans, and everybody looks hipster. <laughs> and I was, and you know, I felt uncomfortable in my UK hoodie, and so I think they had to look like, okay, dude, are you going to order something? Are you just going to sit here and stare at us? And so I felt like an edamame dumpling was a good like starter course. But yeah, you clearly. We're, we're very like, why are you eating? We, I was shaking. It's our first date and you're eating. <laughs> you're probably already partially full. So the butterflies are gone. <laughs> we needed to be an equal butterfly for this. And by the way, I didn't have a date. My girlfriend and I are quarantined together. And I was like, hey, I'm going to go. And she's a massive sports fan. And I was like, hey, I'm going to go and meet this guy that I've been dating on the internet for the past few months. And uh, I was like, he's cool. He won't care if you... So I didn't see it as a third wheel. I saw it as just like three oh, no, chums. Listen, she, was, she was delightful. She's awesome. You, I, you know, I don't... I, I, you should like make her a bigger part of your life because I enjoy... I enjoyed her. She was funny. She rolls her eyes at what you do, which I think is what somebody like you and I need. So uh, I thought she was great. And I enjoyed it. Listen, I was worried about this. Like, you're the big star. You're on Dancing with the Stars and American Idol. I did the Lexington Dancing with the Stars and came in third. <laughs> Not quite the same as winning the national one. And then you're on American Idol. I, I, I do karaoke at the local bar. So I was kind of felt a little intimidated. But for people who listen to this and go, oh, is Bobby as nice as he seems here? I want to say, yes, he is. He has he, he is exactly like you think. The hair is just as like you know, has as much product as you would think, and he's as nice as you would think. Well, and also, that, that's very kind of you. And he was talking about wearing a Kentucky hoodie. I show up in oversized sweats and a T-shirt that's too long for me, like I'm like Sam Hunt meets Chris Kirkpatrick <laughs> from the 90s and NC. Well, you look like you were about to paint a house. Yeah, I mean, I mean it was, you were wearing all white. So let's not, and it wasn't a frou-frou place. It was a place where you go for healthy food, which, fine line, right? Yeah, sure. There's a fine line there. But uh, but in Kentucky, see in Kentucky we don't have those. In Kentucky we don't have like like when I looked at the menu, they were it was all words I knew, but that were rarely combined. 
like edamame I knew, dumplings I knew, but I didn't know that they put those two things together for an edamame dumpling. So it was one of those places where everything is like you can have this here and they don't have anywhere else. It's a very Nashville thing, but I enjoyed it. The food was great and it smelled healthy, like it smelled fresh and every drink Bobby got had like 13 different proteins in it and stuff. It was very nice. So we, uh, we're talking about music a bit, and in Kentucky, Eddie, if I say Kentucky country music, who comes to mind right now? Uh, I mean, just Blake because of his line in Kentucky, but uh, Kentucky who? music? Blake. Oh, oh but, okay. No, I, I would go John Michael Montgomery. It, is he, he's Ooh, like, I like that. Yeah. I thought, listen, that's a good call. John Michael Montgomery's a great dude, and uh, from Nicholasville. You know, Kentucky has produced an unbelievable amount of country singers, and in the current world, we're kind of dominating what I think is the sort of new wave of country, the Chris Stapleton, Sturgill Simpson, Tyler Childers branch. So uh, Kentucky's got a long history, and most of the Kentucky country singers have come from like a 40-mile radius in the mountains. What do you think that's about? You know, it's a good question. I, I think a lot of it is the culture in those places. Like, this is a, it's kind of where a lot of modern bluegrass, well, older bluegrass music started. And then, you know, these generations of singers. So it's in the painful Johnson County, Eastern Kentucky area. So you had this generation going back of, like, it started with Tom T. Hall, and then another generation that had, like, Patty uh, Loveless and, and Dwight Yoakam, and then another generation that was, like, the Judds and, 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 and all this group, and now this new one. And I think it's just, you know, there's a culture there. Kids grow up playing music at an early age, playing a very distinctive type of music. There's a university there, Moorhead State, that has an entire college devoted to traditional mountain music, and I think it just it just ends up spurring it from the area. Now, do you know Tyler Childers a bit? Is that true? Yeah, I mean, I know him. Listen, I'm not. It's not like you. Like I don't. They don't. I don't hang, and we don't like send each other like uh, sweet social media messages. We don't have I to roast me with every question, by the way. We can just answer a question. It's pretty funny, though. No, no, no. I, I, I know him a little bit, and he's a great dude. And his music, I mean, it's weird. I've gotten to the age where I now will say that people younger than me are like my favorite artists, which is really strange. I don't know if that happens with you guys, but it's weird to say like your favorite artist or comedian or, or whatever author is younger than you. He's younger than me, but he is my favorite musical artist, and it's not even close. I think he's absolutely off-the-charts talented. And, yeah, I do know him. He's a really good guy. It is weird when I enjoy something like a Harry Styles record hmm. because I'm, I'm 39, and I really like the Harry Styles record, and I have to always preface it by going, so my girlfriend was listening to Harry Styles, right? <laughs> and I like – but it, it's the same thing. Like I do – it is an odd thing to really enjoy – music made by someone 10 years younger yeah. than you even some of the billy yeah. eilish stuff yeah i think it's because like when you really like when you like a singer beyond just like liking the the beat or whatever when you really like the lyrics and what they're saying there's a part of that where you're almost saying like this person makes me think or they're deep or whatever and it's weird to think that about somebody younger than you you're like how can you have this life experience that seems so much more thoughtful than mine i mean the older you get like, that's going to happen more and more and more. But for Tyler, he's, he is, you know, I grew up, I love Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, like that kind of group of music. And it's weird to sort of feel that, like, same connection with somebody that's, you know, younger than you, but I have with, with his music, and I think it's just, it, it's awesome. 
who is your favorite artist pre-Tyler? Uh, and I'll give you a second to think about that. Mine has been John Mayer and Garth Brooks. Garth, because I grew up in that, that space of time, was, that was big in Arkansas. That's what I think about when it was like pre-grunge, when I first started to film music. But John Mayer was the first, because him and I are roughly the same age, and he was the first songwriter that ever wrote lyrics where I felt like, I felt that, I felt that, I felt that. Like, I get that, I get that. So John Mayer and Garth Brooks would be mine. What about you, Matt? I'd probably say Johnny Cash and Tom Petty. Um, I really, I, Tom Petty was the first music that like I connected to at all when I was in high school. You know, he put that song out when I was in high school. You don't know how it feels to be me, which is a great song because everybody can think it applies to them, like from, every from the, human being. That's Wildflowers like, well, record, you, huh? Mm, yeah, you don't know how it feels to be me. Um, but uh, and then Johnny Cash to me is the best musician of all time in, in modern music. I just, I love everything he did. I love how versatile he was. He was a rebel, but then also did like gospel music. He just did everything. And I am a, a massive Johnny Cash fan. So what I hear about you is you love Arkansas music. Oh, listen, I love Arkansas. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite songs right now is by a bluegrass group called Town Mountain. And they have a song called Arkansas Gambler, which I was going to put on my list just because of your Arkansas connection, and I didn't because they're not from Kentucky and everybody on my list is from Kentucky. But, uh, yeah, no, listen, I I don't really like that you all do the pig suey chant, but otherwise I'm a big Arkansas fan. We, Arkansas and Kentucky have a lot in common. Uh, socioeconomically, yes. Culturally, yes. Um, I would say that we're a bit ahead in sports other than basketball. <laughs> Oh, come on now. I mean, you're not being, like, first of all. No, no, no. no. Let, let me talk for a second. Uh, is it your Except for basketball. Like, it, we've had a few bad years. Like two and 75 in the last few years. <laughs> but you can't look at the last few years as a macro view of what the program means. Our program is worth a lot more than yours. We've actually won in the SEC. We have baseball teams that play for national championships. We have track teams that win national. We have everything except right now basketball. You have everything except the two sports people care about, right? <laughs> like so, like I mean, listen, I will grant you your croquet team is much better. You have than nothing ours. in football. You won like four games, and you think you're king yeah, dingling you know in the Southeast beat? Conference? You know who we beat? We know we beat a lot. You. Yeah, but it was like two puff powders battling it out. Well, we've actually beaten you the last three times we played you. Once was. Uh, Should we look at? I look at all time record: Kentucky and Arkansas. That would be. Listen, I don't live in the past. I mean, yeah. I, listen, William Howard Taft was president once. I don't really deal with that on a daily basis. <laughs> I talk about what's happening now. And what's happening now is Arkansas, of all the teams in the SEC, you're the one we're second least proud of. We are having a rough time right now. Sometimes in life, you have a down. You've never had a down, Matt, in your life? You never, it's all oh, been I've all up for you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but yes. didn't you bounce back better than before? Because I think right now you're thriving, and that's what Arkansas is about to be. Yes, no, we, we, we are. And listen, we both have produced presidents. You produced Clinton. We produced, oh, I don't know, Abraham Lincoln. So like, <laughs> oh. we, all have our, we all have our things. We're, gonna, we're definitely not going to live in the past, point, though. Point Matt on no, that No, no, you can't make a Taft I joke mean, Lincoln about the was past pretty good. <laughs> and then go Lincoln right after that. You at least got to space that out a little bit. Mike, do you have an overall record there? Not an updated one. I don't think he knows what yeah, to look at. Matt doesn't know anything. Or Matt, uh, Mike doesn't know anything about sports. Mike's like, I think in my lifetime, I'm not. I'm not even kidding. I think in my lifetime, we're either three and zero or three and one against you. I'm not sure, but Stop we do it. have a winning record. But in basketball, like, come on, you all haven't beaten us. You've beaten us once, I think, in like 
15 years. I'm not arguing so. about basketball. Yeah. There's nothing there. Okay, what we're doing now, <laughs> I'll, I'll produce this information. Uh, what we're doing now is Matt has given us five songs that he's quarantining himself up with. We're ah. going to make a big playlist out of this. And so he's the first one to pop his five songs on the list. What is your first quarantine song for the playlist, Matt? Well, first of all, I picked all Kentucky artists. I mean, these I'm not going to say these are my five favorite artists of all time, but if I'm going to be in quarantined in Kentucky, I'm going to represent Kentucky. The first one I picked was uh, Dwight Yoakam, Guitars, Cadillacs, and Hillbilly Music. Okay, here you go. And the reason I picked Dwight is Dwight, to me, has the most unique, next to George Jones, the most unique country voice of all time. He's from the hills, and he sounds like it, and I'm a massive fan. And this, to me, is sort of his best song, because what else do you want? Guitars, Cadillacs, and Hillbilly Music. All right, turn it up a little bit. Here we go. You know what's weird is, and you can knock that down, is I, I think of him as being from California. Yeah, not Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Same here. So, well, I mean, you can, you, so, you can think that. He ran that, from but it. you're wrong. Yeah, I'm just saying, when he, he still lives in California, right? I saw him about eight months ago, and he was living in California. No, no, and he does the whole Bakersfield thing, and, and I, I think you could say in some ways his musical style is probably more influenced by that. But if you listen to his lyrics, especially his early lyrics, they're all Kentucky-centric. He sings a lot about coal. He sings a lot about mountain life. And so, he, I mean, he, I think, would consider himself as much, if not more so, Californian. But his lyrics, especially in the era that I really liked, were very much Kentucky-centric. And I don't want my friends from Kentucky thinking of bagging on them. I'm just going after Matt because he goes, you can't use Taft. And then he uses Lincoln. <laughs> That's well, the Lincoln's only unfair pr- part of the argument. To be fair, Lincoln's a pretty good card to play. I mean, Lincoln is, you know, the best president. Everyone agrees Lincoln's the best president, except Trump, who tries to think, argue he is. But Lincoln <laughs> is, is pretty much universally I agree. admired. I agree. I love Abraham Lincoln. Controversial take. I love Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> I was about to say, hot no. take from yeah, Bobby yeah, yeah, yeah. He's pro-Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Here's the other thing. Did you know this? He's pro-Martin Luther King, too. Yeah, I he am. likes him as well. well. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Going and let me tell limb. you, listen, if we're really stretching it, I'm going to say this. You know who's cool? The Pope. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah listen, I, I, and you know who I'd like to hang with? Jesus. We yeah, yeah. Well. go way back. <laughs> All right, what's your second song on your list? So... I was I I, I, I I wanted to have a uh, female artist. I'm a, growing up. Uh, I'm I'm actually grew up loving the Judds, and then I thought about it, and I wanted though I don't so Judds sing a lot of sad songs, so I picked Winona, or as my grandma used to call her, Winona, Winona Judds uh, song "Girls with Guitars," which has a great. So if I'm sad while I'm quarantined, I can play this riff, and I'm happy. Girls with guitars. Do you play guitar? Not at all, no. But it also has Vince Gill on it, a good Nashville person there, too. He's the one singing the male part in that. All right, turn this up, Mike. All right, what else you got, Matt? So my next one is one that probably a lot of your listeners aren't as familiar with. Don't insult my listeners, by the way. Well, I mean, maybe they are, but Tom T. Hall. So my uncle was a book editor. And he edited Tom T. Hall's book. And so as a kid, I would see Tom T. Hall. He, he was friends with my uncle. And I didn't realize that he was like a songwriting legend. He just went in the Songwriters Hall of Fame with Missy Misdemina Elliott and John Prine this year. But he has written, <laughs> as you know, 
a zillion songs, including ones that people don't even know he wrote, like Harper Valley PTA. But my favorite of them, and I picked this one in part because you're Arkansas and Razorbacks, is Who's Gonna Feed Them Hogs, which is about a man in a hospital bed who he can't get out, and all he cares about is who's gonna feed his hogs. Here I am in this dang bed, and who's gonna feed them hogs? His face was lean and his hands were up. His way was hogs. I don't know I've ever heard that song. Not me either, but I dig it. Yeah, and you know, it sounds like Feed Jake is derivative of Feed Them Hogs. Oh. Do you remember the country you know, song? That's a good call. If I die before I wake, feed Jake. Yeah. Is that the one? Well, the thing about that song, it includes a line that I like. He says, there's 400 hogs. And they're just standing out there, which, if you think about, it, is what hogs do. They don't do anything; they just stand there. All right. I like Tom T. Hall, and for you, I picked the hogs. Relax. Song. Okay. What else you got? Uh, <laughs> all right. The best voice, in my opinion, just the best pure male voice in the history of country music is Keith Whitley. I think Keith Whitley from Kentucky, often forgotten, his most famous song. When you say nothing at all, most people remember more for Allison Krause's version. But I think his baritone is the best voice country music's ever had. And so I, I didn't want to pick one of his really sad songs. Like, Tell Lori I Love Her might be his saddest song that's ever been written. So I picked Miami, My Amy as, uh, as my next one. Jam. Miami. So good. Sing along there. All right, and we have one more. What do you got, Matt? Well, I couldn't get out of here without picking Tyler. So a lot, you know... People who know Tyler Childers, they know like Feathered Indians and some of his popular. But his most beautiful song is called Follow You to Virgie. It's about going to his friend's grandma's funeral. You won't be able to play it all, I understand. But I would encourage people to listen to it. It's gorgeous. It's And he sounds more like Eastern Kentucky mountains in this song than any singer you'll ever hear. And I will follow you to Virgie. Because that's what us boys are for, to help you out. When you get weary and you can't go no more, can't you? All right, there you go. I also looked up while we were uh, having this conversation. Famous people from Kentucky, oddly a lot. Uh, Abraham there's- Lincoln, Johnny Depp. Oh, yes. Muhammad Ali. Correct. They're all correct. You don't have to. Cry. They're all right. <laughs> That's I, th- right. No, they're all here. <laughs> chip in since you cut off the part that made me cry in that song. But yes, I was just trying to help. Uh, I can give you other ones. George Clooney. I'm not done. <laughs> All right. Jennifer Lawrence. George Clooney. No comment. Rosemary Clooney. Loretta Lynn. Uh, Jennifer Carpenter. I don't know who that is. I don't know who Jennifer Carpenter is either. I, I should have re- mentioned Loretta Lynn when I was talking about the country music theater. I forgot about uh, from, from Coal Miner's Daughter. There. Nick Lachey is from freaking Kentucky? Yeah, I, actually, Nick Lachey's a really nice guy. I was going to make a joke, but I won't. He's actually a really nice dude. <laughs> have you watched Love is Blind? Uh, I have. I, I, I can't get through it. I, I cringe. It just everyone makes me cringe so much that I can't watch it. Do you like it? My girlfriend got me into it, and I wouldn't have watched it by myself, and I wouldn't have stayed with it by myself, but we enjoyed watching it together. because oh, that's it, sweet. Yeah, it gave us something to talk about what will happen. It's, a, it's an interesting concept, too. You put people together, and you see what happens if they can't see each other. So I will say, yes, I enjoyed it, but I think it was because of the overall experience we had more so than the show. Well, that's what we all hope is for your experience to be good while you watched it. Um, and I'm glad about that. Two of the Backstreet Boys, by the way, 
uh, Brian Latrell and Kevin Richardson, also from Kentucky. Jefferson, uh, Tom Cruise, Jefferson Davis, Kentucky. Jefferson Davis. Yeah, we. I don't talk about. That no, I think much, we should Tom, spend a second on Jefferson Davis, shall we? The former president yeah. of the Confederate States. So you have yeah, Abe Lincoln well, listen, I, and you have Jefferson. I don't want to cause any controversy, but I don't talk a lot. I tend to like my famous people to have not tried to secede from the Union. I prefer people <laughs> who stayed with us through thick and thin. Yeah. So that's why I'm not a big Jefferson Davis guy. Rondo is from Kentucky? Rondo played at Kentucky. No. But yeah, but that doesn't mean he's from. You guys usually pay athletes from all over the country oh, to come in. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we took your best one when we took Malik Monk, so it worked out really well. Yeah, that's true. I can't argue with that one. Listen. Now, Rondo is from Kentucky. Uh, athletically, let's see, um, Paul Hornig is okay, from we Kentucky. Don't, we, we're good with the athletic one. Nobody cares. I know that yeah, is. We're, yeah, exactly. You don't know who Paul Hornig is? That's like for the Packers that won the first few Super Old school, Bowl? old school, old school. Bart Starr? Oh, well, yeah, but he's not from not Kentucky. the same guy. Okay. Horses, but yeah. <laughs> just went by a different name. <laughs> hey, Matt, talk about your talk about your book for a second. Yeah, so I wrote a book that uh, is called Mitch Please. It comes out in a couple weeks, and it is about Mitch McConnell. But it's really about Kentucky. I went to all 120 counties in Kentucky, and I sort of wanted to see what the effect of having Mitch McConnell, the human turtle, as our senator has been, and. For people who don't know, I considered running against him. So I sort of told the story about considering running against him. I went to every county. It's funny. It's kind of a travel log. It's also sort of an indictment of McConnell. And I, I do think people will like it. Um, it's a little bit of everything, and I'm very excited. And I've never written a book before, and I wrote one in just a couple months. And I, I'm nervous about it, but I, I had a great time. Well, take it from this two-time New York Times bestseller. <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen, I will take whatever advice you have, John Grisham. Help me. <laughs> I have no advice. <laughs> Just hold on tight because I didn't know what I was doing either. Um, uh, so uh, this, these podcasts, obviously, are, well, these get listened to for weeks and weeks and weeks. Ours do. We don't really have a – it's not like a daily thing. So when, yes. what, what day does the book come out, though? Because some people may be well, hearing right this. right now they say the book comes out March 31st. Now, of course, corona might be changing everything. I'm not sure. But as of now – it's March 31st. Uh, you can order it on Amazon. I don't know if bookstores will still exist in March 31st, the way this is all going. But uh, you can order it on Amazon. They'll deliver it to you. you it's a perfect thing to read while you're quarantined. And, uh, it, and it has a great cartoon on the front of it as well. And it's called Mitch Please, which, you know, is a play on, 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 on Bitch Please. But it, that was the nicest one I could do with his name. I was going to do Mitch Better Have My Money, but I didn't want to do that. <laughs> all right, there he is. Uh, follow him at KY Sports Radio. Uh, I'm, in all seriousness, I'm such a fan of what you do. And, you know, I was a fan long before we met. I, I just think how you do it and, and what you do, especially in this day of age, in day and age when, you know, it's hard to find distinct voices. And I don't mean texture or tone of how you talk. But I mean, people that you really listen to what they have to say, and you're one of those. And I, I'm happy now that I consider you a friend. Well, that is very kind. I consider you a friend, and I do want to. I want to say this because I know people, uh, people have a connection to you, and this is the thing that's the best about you. It is very rare for people to have a high degree of success and want to bring along others to sort of like kind of reach and help people. You've done that with me, and I can't thank you enough for that. That's very, but there are so few people in the industry that will do that, and you have with me, and I consider you a friend as well, and I really appreciate it. All right, Matt. Have a good corona quarantine, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. All right. See you, bud.
What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.